Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Monday afternoon, start of a new week. Sports Talk Mississippi live from SEC Media Days. It is the kickoff event this year for the very first time in Nashville. We are on Radio Row, and we're snug alongside Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and Richard Cross. How would you guys say AI has impacted Radio Row at SEC Media Days? We, I have no thoughts on that. We, we were quite literally listening to Eli Drinkwitz at the the, uh, the podium yeah. in the, the main media room as we were the music was played to come on the air. Michael Casagrande from AI dot, or, uh, AL.com. <laughs> Maybe AI.com. AL.com asked Eli Drinkowitz, how do you see AI impacting college football? And Eli Drinkowitz said, I have no thoughts on how AI is going to. <laughs> Next question. I mean, what? Which, by the way, I think was the right answer. I don't. I don't know what else he could have done there. What, what could AI do to college football? I, like, I, like, what? What could anybody use AI for? Well, Drafting statements when players get arrested. That's what you can use AI for. Other than that, uh, is, is that AI or Chat GPT? And honestly, I don't know the, the difference same, between the, the same two. thing. Yeah, the same, same thing. thing yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, even when we are on the road, comes to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Log on to learn more at PearlRiverResort.com. Our coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by Genteel. Genteel Apparel, GenteelApparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Make sure that you are game ready this fall with the collegiate collection from Genteel Apparel. So just a quick kind of scene set from where we are. Things got started at 11.30 this morning with uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, uh, with his kind of stated league address that he uses every year, uh, talks about the accomplishments, usually has some special local recognitions, and then uh, goes into some of the issues of the day, takes Q&A. We'll get into a little bit of what he said coming up in uh, in a few minutes. But um, we are at the Grand Hyatt. Yeah which is on Broadway. We're about three blocks toward the Vanderbilt campus from Bridgestone Arena mm-hmm. and on the opposite side of the street. And the street itself is like doesn't exist outside <laughs> the hotel. It's blocked for there, – there's a, a five-block stretch of Broadway that is completely impassable to vehicles because they have – quite literally torn out the road. Yeah. And they're building like a basement below the road. The street is like a work of fiction at and, this point. And let me tell you when they start working on that road. 
3.30 in the morning. That's when I woke up. Borky, you are on the road. There's no reason for you not to sleep better than you did. That, that is a you problem. Buddy, when they are dropping big metal things that go from one other thing to another. Big metal things. Highly got, descriptive They've here. got this huge crane, and it's like the support for the road, right? Because they're building the road like a story above ground. And a crane at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah was placing those gigantic steel beams onto the road support below. Okay, and, sure. And my window is a football's throw from when that is happening. And you think that it's my fault that I couldn't sleep last night? I blame you. Uh, yes, because you and I are like three rooms apart on the exact same side of the building, and I never heard a oh, thing. Man. Not a thing. Not one thing. Uh, by the way, there was an announcement earlier today. I don't know if you guys heard this. Nashville, for many, many years, has been known as Music City USA. They have gotten away from that moniker. They think it's tired and old and played out. They're now going with Crane City USA. <laughs> They're everywhere. I was uh, standing on the, the rooftop last night, and, and, and there's, you know, it's safe. Not that, but there's a, a rooftop restaurant and bar. Brian Haydad was there. He was incredibly uncomfortable. Very. And, and you didn't fact, like, you didn't like I don't, I don't like heights. Um, but yeah, I, I got through it though. I was fine. I counted a dozen cranes. Oh my gosh. In the, the like surrounding That's area. That's too many. It's a lot. Somebody told me last night that over half of the cranes that exist in this state are in this city right now. If elected mayor of Nashville, I will put a moratorium on all construction projects until they are all completed. And then I will get have a two-month moratorium after that. We have two months of zero construction in the city. Vote hate that. Have you uh, have you heard about the progress that the state of Tennessee and Nashville have made economically? Yeah, but we it got, ain't because they're putting moratoriums on construction. We got we got we got we got to have a, a couple months where you can just drive around and there's no problems. Opening day of uh, of SEC Media Day. So the uh, the commissioner spoke this morning. We'll talk with him later in the week. We'll uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that he said today coming up. Um, got a conversation with uh, Andy Staples that uh, Brian Haydad and Michael Borky had earlier this morning. That's coming up in about half an hour. Bill Hancock, the outgoing executive director of the college football playoff, will join us to start the 4 o'clock hour. He seems relaxed, by the way. Shouldn't he? He, he always yeah. has seemed relaxed, but I spoke to him earlier and, uh, I mean, got the playoff to expand to 12 and then retired. Yeah. He's going to so stick he's with hanging it. Out. Yeah, he, he's he's going to stay with the the final year of the college football playoff that exists right now, and then he is going to help in an advisory role during the transition. Consigli Harry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So he's the Godfather now. Yes. So in Godfather one, Vito retires, Michael takes over, and right. Vito becomes his Consigli Harry. Okay. There you go. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we will continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. No promise that we will get completely up to date. Uh, college football fix. That's how we'll start the 5 o'clock hour. And then we're going to attempt something in the uh, 5 o'clock hour as Radio well. Radio history. Um, at least for us. Yeah, it, it would for be us. new for uh, for us. So Matt Moscona from the ESPN Baton Rouge station. He's right over there. Ours is uh, one table over from where we are. Mm -hmm. We are going to attempt to be on each other's show at the same time. Live at the exact same time. So fingers crossed that this works the way that uh, we plan it. If this works, this has become something we can, you know, the dual cast, we can we can we can bring this to other places. 
Missouri is here today. They are. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz walking around in his uh, white and gold Jordans with his plated Jordans. Uh, There are people that still think that that's a a good idea and a good look. Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, most adults wear dress shoes with suits, but in uh, this sports world in which we are. You're not wearing socks. Yeah, I know. Calm down. Well, I'm in the middle of the summer, buddy. I got loafers on. I'm wearing wearing my Stormtrooper socks today. Yeah, Yeah, but but you're going to talk to me about. Okay. I look great. Yeah. Um,. So, I thought there was a really touching moment this morning. Yeah. And there, I, I stood there and, and wa- listened to it and was watching it unfold, and there was part of me that was like, ooh, is this appropriate? But then I realized that I had chill bumps that were running up and down my arms and the back of my neck. So, Greg Sankey, welcome everybody to SEC Media Days. He thanks some sponsors, thank Nashville for welcoming them, and he even thanked the Tennessee Department of Transportation for working along with rerouting traffic so that uh, this could uh, could come. But then he also uh, reminded everybody that in the world in which we live, we certainly are not without tragedy. He made reference to the shooting at the Covenant School here in, uh, in Nashville not too terribly long ago. And then he invited, first of all, recognized on the video board, the five officers who stormed Covenant School. And they were able to to neutralize the threat with zero hesitation. And four of the five of them were here in Nashville, and he brought them onto the stage. And uh, the media as a whole is considered to be stodgy, and they think uh, we, we, they, whatever, think that they're above applauding. And so Greg Sankey said, I understand that protocol is that you don't really clap. I, I get that, but I'd like for us to suspend protocol just for a moment and recognize these men for uh, for their brave service that saved potentially many, many other lives. Yeah. And I thought it was really, really incredible. That's well done. Well done by the commissioner. Yeah. Unique, too. I, I mean, I, yeah. like you said, it, it, you wondered at first, it's like, wow, he's, he's really doing this. And that's a good thing. It, it, a, a shock in a good way, but... Um, Followed that up with uh, talking about Mike Leach, as, as we said going into this. Great that was, that was to going Leach, to be a theme. Um, you know, say what you will. About part part of the tribute to Mike Leach, by the way, was Greg Sankey not wearing a tie while he was at the, at the podium. Which is very uh, counter to what he usually is in settings like this, for sure. But. I remember seeing him earlier today. I was like, he's not wearing a tie. What is going on? Uh, that's, yeah. that's like, you don't see that. But I, I've overheard you and, and Robbie talking about this on Thunder and Lightning, and you're right. This is the first thing, SEC thing, since his tragic passing. And, and it, you know, it feels in some cases like yesterday, in other cases like forever ago. Uh, but this is the first convening of of SEC people since Mike Leach passed away and, and was really appropriate and well done this morning. It, it certainly was. So, um, and then he started talking about NIL and gambling and all kinds of other stuff. And Borky got really excited. Yeah. His ears uh, perked up. I like some of what he said. We'll get into it. And then there are some things that deeply concern me. Deeply concerned. Deeply concerned. It's college football. How deeply concerned could you be? Well, the fact that there's still a reliance on Congress to get this thing right, I think, is concerning for all of us. That's a good point. I don't rely on Congress for anything. Yes. We're aware. Except for failure, you can depend on Well, I don't know if you rely on You shouldn't rely on anything for failure. You depend on them for failure for sure. You want to uh, join the conversation, you can do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. 
Talk a little bit about some of the things that Greg Sankey said today from the podium in the main media room when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi live from SEC Media Days. Our coverage presented by Genteel Apparel. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Question on the ceasefire text line from Mike. By the way, Mike uh, delivered some watermelons this weekend. Mike came to Algoma, Mississippi. Somebody from Oxford came. That was nice of him. Hey, remember and when somebody said that somebody wasn't going to show up and that somebody was told that he was wrong? Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway. Yeah. What? What? Anyway, yeah, Mike brought me a watermelon. I, I cooked fish at home. You could have just eaten fish that were prepared and they were delicious. Yes, but I, I have a wife and children. This is a very family-friendly restaurant. We had a, a family dinner at home. Oh, well, was, you could have had a family great. dinner in Al- Algoma. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got an ex- every every excuse you have. I have a counter. As I said to you when you extended the initial invitation, yeah. I appreciated it very much. It was kind of you to think of me. You should come to this week's, the final stop. Where's it going to be? The Neshoba County Fair. Well, how do you like that? I know. I've never been. I will be at the Neshoba County Fair. A week from Thursday, is that right, Houston? Yes. Sitting in who, who, uh, in Paul Gallo's chair once again. Oh, you see, it's all politics at the Neshoba, Neshoba County Fair? Uh, that's the rumor. Woo! Hot that, button issues. Yeah, close to uh, primary election day as yes. well. So, yeah. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days. Our coverage brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Uh, so, Greg Sankey bragged. Uh, about the SEC, and the list was uh, was long and distinguished. To uh, borrow a line from uh, from Top Gun, um, <laughs> you know, uh, leading the country in attendance in uh, basically every single sport, or at least the ones where they track attendance. It was uh, football, baseball, softball, uh, volleyball, women's basketball, and maybe men's basketball. Also, not, I, I not can't men's remember basketball, but soccer. Okay, throw that in. There. Yeah, soccer. Um, and talked about the fact that the SEC had the most draft picks of any conference and the most NBA players participating in the playoffs. That surprised me. The top two college players drafted by the NBA this year came from the SEC. Led the WNBA and the Major League Baseball draft and draft picks. Had number one overall in football, number one overall, and number two in Major League Baseball, number one in the WNBA. What? About the NBA, he had the top two what? College, College players. players. Well, okay. 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 Brandon Miller and I, was it Anthony Black from Arkansas? Those were the right. top two college okay. players. Okay, we're on the same page now. The other guys were uh, G League or French I was just like, or whatever. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were French. Yeah. Yeah, like Michael Bourquet. So he got into the NIL and, and said, I want to be very clear. Um, he believes that NIL has largely been good for student-athletes, okay. but he also pointed to the fact that uh, some reported, some not reported, uh, the, the deals that have gone awry, where promises have been made but not kept, inducements have been offered but not followed through on, you know, agreements had happened and then 
Colin, basically saying there's no oversight right. in this industry, and and that's a problem. It's, it's kind of like illegal recruiting, and, and and what I mean by that is, in illegal recruiting, you know, what are you going to do if somebody doesn't hold up one end of the deal? It's illegal. You can't, right. You can't say right. anything. This is so nil has an element of that, in that there's no real there's no real punishment. When things are wrong, other than you don't get the kid. Well, won't that, won't that self-regulate though? Because when when you make promises to players and you don't keep those promises, then your reputation will get out. That player will hit the portal. I mean, in theory, of all the things to focus on, I feel like that should be lower on the list. than that was the first thing he brought up was players aren't getting things that they were promised. That, that sucks, and that shouldn't be that way. But think about how long it took Florida to like. Regenerate the reputation after the Rashada deal. Yeah, I mean, you you can't if you're old Mister Mississippi State. They're a force for good now. You can't get the word out that hey, I promised this kid 100k. He showed up. We gave him 25. That cannot be what you do because you're going to stop signing kids rather quickly. Yeah, it's the other stuff I think should should lead off that conversation. If if you don't get the money you're promised, then leave. And and I don't know that he started with that because of order of importance or if it was just part of a longer list of, of things. The, he made the point that you know anybody can basically go buy some card stock, run it through a printer, and chop up business cards, and now you're an agent. Uh, and, and that was good. More people need to start talking about that, I think. I mean, you guys have heard the stories. Almost everybody out there listening can name a player that had a handler mm-hmm. the, or, or like a – an uncle that that led point in it's his recruiting. It, it's a bunch of guys that are bad actors, is what they are. They they will manipulate these kids to go where they want them to go because they're getting money that the kids don't see. And if there can be some kind of agent regulation and who enforces that and what that looks like, I don't know. But the fact that you've got adult men manipulating seventeen-year-old kids to go to schools that they don't want to go to so the adult man can get money is something that's got to go away. And it is, is common practice still to this day in recruiting. And, and that's the under-the-table part of NIL that is, is still happening. Still exists. I, I think the larger point in all of this is this is an unregulated market. And it doesn't – probably the, the unsaid thing is there are a lot of leaders in college athletics, athletics directors, coaches, conference commissioners – Et cetera, et cetera, and a lot of fans, a lot of fans that would prefer we not be in the state that we are in right now as it pertains to athletes and their ability. They're not going to say that out loud, though, because right. that, that's that's a, a death sentence. You, you say that out loud, you, you have put you a shouldn't scarlet be saying letter. It out loud. Well, yeah, you put a scarlet letter on yourself. And, and so you won't say it out loud. What you will say is, oh, no, we are for players getting what they can get, but there need to be guardrails. There needs to be right. regulation. Here's the thing, and we'll talk with Greg Sankey about this later this week when we visit with him in the same way that we talked with him about it a year ago. This this idea or reliance on Congress fixing it. When, when we visited with Walker Jones last week, mm-hmm. he, he kind of quickly made the point that, one, Congress isn't going to do anything fast. And I don't know if he said this on the air or not, but there is a great deal of trepidation among people who work for collectives and athletics departments in particular Mm -hmm. that if Congress comes up with a solution, it may not be the solution that anybody wants. When they start talking about revenue sharing, 
Yeah, Walker's point was, okay, you know, some percentage of TV revenue. So you take a specific piece of revenue that every Power 5 school gets, you allot a percentage to that, and you say this is allowed to be used for NIL. So if we call it 10% of your television contract, if your television contract for the ACC generates $38 million a year, you got $3.8 million. If it's $60 million for the SEC or $70 million for the Big Ten, then you got $6, $7 million. Or if you want to put a specific number on it just across the board, that's fine. But you're saying this can be used if the school is willing and able to use it. If you go to a revenue-sharing model that con- Congress mandates, you remember Cory Booker yeah. from a few years ago. You, you know what they're talking about in California with a 50-50 split. It's the death of college athletics as we know it, and nobody wants that. And so the idea of waiting on Congress, to, it's going to take a long time, and you open yourself up to the possibility that you're not going to like the way they put it, the, the way they go about it. And you heard Walker when we talked with him last week, and you heard Greg Sankey use the same phrase today. There, there is a, a buzz phrase that is going around when we're talking about the patchwork of state laws. They're calling it a race to the bottom. It's like which state legislature can come up with the smarmiest, slimiest law that feels like it's a bottom feeder law to give the schools in their state the closest thing to an advantage. That's what they're calling it, a race to the bottom. And I don't know where that leaves us. Who knows where it leads? Because, And that's why I use the phrase deeply discouraging or, or whatever, because the commissioner of the SEC, probably the most powerful person in college sports, even more powerful than the head of the NCAA at this point, stood on that stage in there and said, save us, Congress, you're our only hope. Shout out Star Wars. I mean, that's really what he said. And knowing what we know about that, that cannot be the only way. And then following that up with, you have seven collectives that feature the biggest brands in college sports. We're talking Georgia, Southern Cal, Michigan. Hadn't spoken to them yet. They, they have formed this alliance or whatever, and they're trying to push through an idea to, to make this uniform and they haven't spoken to the commissioner of the league yet. Yeah. Hey, all, all he said up there was, well, I've read about it. It's interesting. So, Which they're pretty new also at this point. They are very new. And so I, I would love to know how receptive he is of that. Because he's, he's up there and he knows they exist, but still said the only thing saving us is Congress. So does he think their efforts are fruitless? Does he think that Walker Jones and Georgia and Tennessee and Southern Cal and Michigan and Penn State, all of those efforts are going to be for nothing? I don't know. It's, it's very discouraging that and, that was the message again today. And the, save uh, us, Congress. The, the beat goes on, though, right? I mean, we, yeah. we just keep on plugging along. Last media days without OU in Texas as part of the SEC. It was announced earlier today that next year for media days, July 15th through the 18th, we will be in Dallas. It's going to be a busy week in the greater North Texas area. Home run derby Monday night, all-star game Tuesday night happening at Globe Life and SEC Media Days happening downtown at the Omni in Dallas. But this year we are in Nashville at the Grand Hyatt on Broadway. Sports Talk Mississippi coverage presented by Gentile. Coming up next, Haydad and Borky sit down with Andy Staples. We'll be right back. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Sports Talk Mississippi here at live at SEC Media Days on Radio Row. We haven't seen this guy in a while. He's been on a sabbatical. I think he was, you know, on a cruise. Vision Quest. Yes, Andy Staples on three sports now. How's yeah. that going for you? It's going great. First, uh, first daily show is today. Uh, premieres at 7 p.m. Central Time on the On3 YouTube channel. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts after that, on demand on YouTube after that. So we, uh, we're going to make it where if you need the show, you can find it anywhere you want to. I have a huge issue with you. Okay, what I do? So your podcast currently is listed under Sports News. Yes. Which is the same as my podcast. Oh. And uh -oh. now I'll never be number one again. Well, I, I think we have a little bit of room to climb. I mean, we're... we're you're already number one. Pardon my take is a little, uh, yeah, but that's because everybody's subscribing at once. Yeah. That's, that's how that algorithm works. That's why you got to get people to unsubscribe, resubscribe. Yeah. That, that, the I'm, charts are great, but it's not who, how many people are listening right now because nobody's listening right now because we haven't even done a show yet. But I, I tweeted out links to subscribe, so everybody's hitting the subscribe uh -huh. button, which if you're out there and listen, hurting my feelings. You, should, you should do that too. Yeah, I do. Oh, I but do don't, it. Don't worry. You will rise back to number one All very right. quickly. I appreciate the, the faith. Let's talk about college football, SEC. Today, it's, it's, we're here on Monday. It's LSU, A&M, Missouri. That's two really interesting teams. Missouri just kind of is what it is. A&M, I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a good person. A&M, we'll start with them. I think the talent is just too great. At some point, it just has to topple over, and they have to start winning <laughs> football games. That's where I am with A&M this year. Oh, what about you? I just talked to Tex-Ags Radio, and uh, that's that's where they're at, too. But they, they've been burned too many times. I mean, they, They're going back into the Big 12 days. They're like, at some point, they got to win the games they're supposed to win, and, and that is the problem. So I look at the West, and... and Obviously, everybody's going to look at Alabama and LSU as potential West champs. And then what's, what's that third team? Well, I would argue that until A&M proves that it can take advantage of that massive talent advantage over a lot of teams, that you put A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State in a similar bucket, and basically all of the games between those four teams I just mentioned are coin plays. And... Until A&M proves otherwise, because here's the thing about A&M. A&M's the one of those four that I would say, if they had to play Ohio State tomorrow, they could give them a game. But the problem is, if they had to play Mississippi State tomorrow, they might lose. And, and that's where A&M has to get that figured out. And if they can't get it figured out, then we're talking about some massive buyout numbers and, and how much money can you raise. And it, it's, a, it's a strange situation there because... You know, they, they were so excited about Jimbo Fisher. I think the blues off the rose there. He's He's got to win their love back. Why are they coming up short? Well, what is it? Because a similar phenomenon is happening with Texas. You mm -hmm. know, they haven't won their uh, conference since 2009. So you have these big money brands with... with but Texas has not had this kind of talent that A&M has. Now, Texas this year has more NFL talent than they've had in a long time. But they've not had the kind of athletes that A&M's had since A&M's been in the SEC. There's no excuse for it. There, there really isn't. And, and you ask the $64,000 question, like if there was an answer to that, there are a lot of people at College Station who, who've been dying to know since about, oh, I don't know, 1940, how to make that better. Because they've never been able to get over that hump. It doesn't matter. It has not mattered who they hired. Jackie Sherrill, it didn't matter. You know, Kevin Sullivan, it didn't matter. They, they always find themselves back in the same place. And I don't know if there's a, a good answer for it. 
Then you look at LSU. I've talked myself into picking them first in the West. That's that's what I'm going to do. They're going to get picked first in the West. I, you think it'll be the overall number one? I think they will. I so I always forget to turn that in. So on three, maybe make a video last week where I had to <laughs> had to put my picks in, and so I picked Alabama number one in the West. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because I want to be different, but that's funny that that's wanting to be different. Well, I, I do think this year people are going to pick LSU. It, it was a YouTube clip that got served up to me randomly that, that kind of tilted me toward Alabama. and Because the Alabama quarterback situation has been bugging me, and I thought, okay, is, what's going on here? Nick Saban didn't have an offensive coordinator in the chamber like he normally does. He went and had to do the national search thing. And I was thinking, okay, it, does this mean that they're now more mortal than they have been? But then... This YouTube clip gets served up to me, and it's Ryan Kelly, their center, who's with the Colts now. It's SEC Media Days in 2015. And he's being asked questions about a five-man quarterback competition. And I had yeah. forgotten they had a five-man quarterback. Yeah. I remember three of them. I can't remember the other two. If, if, if you guys, if anybody in listener land remembers the other two, great. But Jay Coker, who went up the starter for most of the season, Cooper Bateman, who started the Ole Miss game and, and got replaced by Jay Coker, Blake Barnett was on that team. I can't remember the other two, but that team won the national title. Yeah. That team beat a Deshaun Watson Clemson team and won the national title. They're as loaded, probably defensively, as they were that year. So to say that LSU is going to beat them in a year when LSU has to go to Tuscaloosa, it's, it's asking a lot. And, and Brian Kelly has been pretty upfront about how he does not feel LSU's depth is quite there yet. And he's talking about LSU's depth as it relates to the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. And it's not like they had a dominating run a year ago. Not exactly fair because it was year one, but I mean, we remember the Tennessee game, and they did lose to a bad Texas A&M team yes, at the end of last season. Exactly. Those things happened despite winning the division. Right, and they, were, they, they barely escaped Arkansas. You know, Harold yeah. Perkins saved their butts in Arkansas. So it's, it, it is very interesting in the West and probably probably more interesting than people realize because it does feel like you know teams are closer and we'll see like tennessee beat alabama last year can tennessee go to tuscaloosa and beat alabama this year i don't know i i mean i i would think that tennessee maybe takes a little bit of a step back because they lost not just in hooker because i think joe milton could be a pretty good replacement for him but darnell wright was a first round offensive tackle like they haven't had a ton of those yeah. lately like, they, they don't really grow on trees. One of the things I've said a bunch this offseason is, with Mississippi State, that if Mike Leach were still here, and this was year four for Will Rogers in the air raid and, and all of the things were the same, that they would be getting a lot more buzz right now as a potential, not a dark horse in the West, but, you know, a team that could be a top 20 team, top 15 team. And with Arnett, there's just so much unknown. How much do you know about Zach Arnett, and what do you like about him? Well, I like him a lot. You know, he's a rocky long guy, which at a three-three-five place like Mississippi State yeah. is a good good thing to be. And I like that they have an old old defense. I mean, I remember talking to Mike Leach about this last year, how old they were on defense, and it's the same guys. You know, because they were guys that were that there are NFL guys on that defense. They're they're not necessarily first second round NFL guys. So with NIL and everything else. You know, maybe another year in college is the way to go. But, you know, I, I, I remember talking about how old Jet Johnson and Jaden Crumbody and, and those guys were last year. And here, they're still here. Like, 
So, and, and I just, I remember being in college, and, and so I was a, a late birthday, so I started college at 17, and I remember that first few practices going against guys that were like 22, 23 years old, and you're like, oh my God, these are grown-ass men. And I think there is a huge difference when you have to play somebody like that. And that's what Mississippi State can send up against your offensive line every week. And I think that matters. And with Ole Miss, you know, I don't think this, I think the quarterback controversy idea is very overblown. Oh, I think it's Jackson Dart, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all Dart. And then with Judkins, two great pieces to build around. But offensively, you know, receivers, they have a lot of questions there. Defensively, still a lot of questions. You know, the Rebels right now, what do you think of them? I, I think it's going to be built around the run game. And, and look, Lane Kiffin picked that offense because of what you can do in the run game. Everybody thinks, you know, it's this wide open thing and he just wants to chuck it around. That's not That's wrong. He, to do. Yeah. he would love, if he could run for 400 yards a game on you, he would do it. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if Dart is better and that offensive line, it, it's interesting because they've done so much out of the portal, but that offensive line is, is somewhat homegrown. Mm -hmm. And, and they've got some guys that were, were young last year that they were, you know, putting into bigger roles. I had a feeling they could be pretty good running the ball. And, Again, you know, if Dart's a little bit better, what they want to do is if they hit you for a 15-yard gain through the air, they are getting to the line of scrimmage, they're handing off, it's going to be like a simple inside zone thing, and they're going to take your six or seven free yards that you give them over and over and over again. I think they're pretty well set up to do that. Got about a minute left here. So can Spencer Sanders and his experience and the expectation that it's at least going to be some kind of competition, can that upset a locker room? Is that something that they should be concerned about? No, because players aren't stupid. Players know who is good and who gives them the best chance to win. They're going to, as long as the quarterback who gets chosen is the one who gives them the best chance to win, they will respect the decision. Because that's all they want to do. Like, it, it, it's, it's a very merit, like, the, it's very much a meritocracy in, in the locker room. And, and so I don't think you have to worry about who's buddies with who. And, as a group, you, you coalesce around the person who gives you the best chance to win. Andy Staples on three sports. The Andy Staples, what are we calling it now? Andy Staples on three. Very simple. It's like, it's like calling a play. I like it. Hut, hut, hut. Subscribe now. We'll be back on Sports Talk Mississippi here live at SEC Media Days right after this. Media Days in Nashville, 2023 version. Three teams here today, Texas A&M and LSU and uh, the Missouri Tigers. So you got three head coaches and nine total players, plus the commissioner was uh, speaking, uh, spoke earlier today, just before lunchtime, 
And uh, we're glad to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Our coverage brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Mentioned earlier, and by the way, thanks to uh, Andy Staples for joining Hey Dad and Borky earlier today. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. That's favorites.com. Mentioned earlier, next year we'll be in Dallas for Media Days. Texas and Oklahoma join the league. Some of the uh, tweets in response to that announcement earlier today were uh, were funny. Yeah. Texas A&M couldn't get it done, but Texas rolls into the league, and boom, they're going to the Lone Star Ooh, State. and they're not happy about that development either. Yeah, whatever. What I, is Texas A&M I, listen, happy about? Yeah, I, I, I was Tell me say, what it is. I, when we find something that makes the Aggies happy and makes them feel whole yeah. and important, uh, let uh, me know because I'd be fascinated. Speaking of it's that. It's a short list. Did you see what Jimbo Fisher said today? So, so the biggest me happy. the biggest talking point with Texas A&M this offseason is whether or not Jimbo Fisher is really and truly going to relinquish play calling duties to Bobby Petrino. Right, that that is the right. thing. If he's yep. able to do that, that's what we're talking about. Then they're possibly going to be really good. He was asked about that today and said, "Quote: I'm not going to get into that. Bobby was hired for a reason. Tremendous guy. Tremendous football mind. Hopefully." He'll call the game and have suggestions. I have no thoughts on Bobby Petrino. All right, Eli. <laughs> I mean, no, this is great. This is you, remarkable. You hire an offensive coordinator after Can't you wait. failed miserably doing it on your own, and your words are, hopefully, hopefully. he will have suggestions. Do, do, do they have a box? They have oh, a suggestion box? Hold on, I got a question. Should you do something about your bad breath? What What, what is in the box? What is he just trolling at this point? Has he no. now just turned this into a game? And okay, he it, he it, has decided that he is going to let Bobby Petrino be the play caller, but he knows that he can answer that question in the most ambiguous way possible and therefore cause people to lose their collective minds? It's not out of the question. It's not out of the question, but I would say it's unlikely. He doesn't really strike me as a three D chess guy, right? And, and I can't stand the concept of trolling your own fans because, like, we'll sit here and joke about it. But if you're a Texas A and M fan today and you heard that quote, I mean, you've got to be so frustrated, don't you, mm-hmm. Jimbo? Just give it to him. You hired him. He's great at what you hired him to do. That gummit, Jimbo. Just give him the control just, of the just give offense. Just the controls, and you run the program, and you recruit, and you swear up and down that sliced bread was wrong, and you didn't buy your recruiting class, and just let. The football genius, which is what Petrino is, do his thing. The reason I brought up Texas and OU was because, as you would expect, Greg Sankey was asked about future expansion of the SEC. Here's what he said. It's not been a topic in the Southeastern Conference other than providing updates, so we're very attentive to what's happening around us, whether those are from all of your fine investigative writing (laughs) or maybe opinions, and then focusing on our growth to 16 because it's an enormous task. Do I think it's done? That's where it gets interesting. People will say, I get to decide that. Right now, it appears others are going to decide that before we have to make any decisions. My view is we know who we are. We're comfortable as a league. We're focused on our growth to 16. We've restored rivalries. We're geographically contiguous with the right kind of philosophical alignment, and we can stay at that level of super conference. So here's my question to the two of you. 
if more shifting happens, the landscape continues to change on the, the realignment front. What do you think about the SEC saying, that's fine. You guys move. ACC teams, you can go whatever, start your own league. We're good. Is the SEC good? Is it okay to just be like, you know what? We're going to roll with these 16, and we are perfectly okay with that. I think so. I would like to know what's more important, geographic uh, contiguousness or philosophical alignment. (laughs) Which one's more important in the grand scheme of things? Can we take a team from the West Coast that's philosophically aligned with us, or do we have to stay in the footprint? Believe it or not, the being geographically contiguous is an important thing to people at the league office. But you can they, expand. They say as we put media days in I Texas. Know, right? But hey, at least it, it's it, part of the continuous footprint. Tell me if I'm reading into that quote too much. You are. That tells me that he does not want to expand, but if the Big Ten expands in a way that threatens their place at the top, they will explore expanding themselves. Right, right. He doesn't want to. He's good. But when he says watching other conferences, I think he's looking north to the Big Ten. He also stared at Ross Dellinger the entire time he said that statement. He was talking straight to him. Really? Yeah. It's like, you're the one. One hour in the books on this opening day of SEC Media Days. When we come back, we'll be joined by Bill Hancock. He'll sit down live with us at the desk. He is the executive director of the college football playoff, at least for a little while longer. More coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, Pearl River Resort Studios, our coverage presented by Genteel Apparel. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again to SEC Football Media Days from Nashville. Our coverage is brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We are happy to welcome one of the finest men that you will ever meet, whether he works in college football or otherwise, Bill Hancock, who is... That'd be Richard. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) Executive director of the college football playoff, at least for a little while longer. Um, Congratulations, I think is the right way to say that on the announcement of your retirement. Congratulations in order? Congratulations are in order. Um, Condolences, maybe. A pat on the back to say you're doing the right thing. No, seriously, I've I've had a great career in college athletics, and I do have some apprehension. Yeah. I think everybody who retires, at least if you love what you do, you're going to have some apprehension. But overall, I I look forward to traveling, and uh, my wife is a William (laughs) Faulkner-aholic. So we may spend a little more time in Oxford. Who knows? Well, you are you are welcome there anytime. The uh, the state of Mississippi will open its arms to you. Thank you. We talked about uh, on the show when the announcement was made that you were going to step away uh, following this year, and you're going to help in the transition, obviously. About who would make sense to fill your shoes? Now, I'm I'm not suggesting that you tell us who that person is, but I am curious in your mind. What characteristics are necessary? Because I feel like you have been 100% supportive and on board of whatever system was in place when that system was in place. 
and we might joke about that, but I would say that in the position that you were in, that was extremely important to, to fully embrace whatever the method for determining a champion at the given time is. So what is the person that is sliding into this role a year from now? What do they need to be good at? You know, c communications is important. Uh, understand how to work with the board. And our board over time changed. Well, the personnel changed. The membership changed. That changed the chemistry in the boardroom. Uh, but I think they would have some choices of someone who comes from athletics, like I did. Right. Or maybe someone, if you look at the jobs that have been filled around the country, uh, someone who maybe comes from the business uh, world. Uh, I think maybe more promotion, more marketing um, might be somebody they might look at. I know that they will have lots of choices of lots of good people because it's a really great job and, and, and a fun job. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways they could go. How has the dynamic changed with, with some of your relationships? So Bob Bowlesby, a guy who worked in college athletics for a very long time and highly respected to Brett Yormark, who comes, as you point out, from a, a very different background, not in college athletics. Yeah, you look out on the West Coast with uh, George Klyavikov, did not come from a traditional college athletics background. How, how have those conversations changed and those perspectives been different as they have come into the mix with the, the college football playoff team? Every time someone left our board, things changed. Uh, when Tom Hansen, the Pac-12 commissioner, left, things changed. When John Swafford left, things changed. Sure. And it, it's just a different chemistry. It, it is hard to learn how to be a commissioner. There's no other job like it. And Brett Yormark, who I love, that came from his background of marketing, promotion, music. Uh, but it... it, 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 it there's just a long learning curve to learn how to become a commissioner. I will point to Larry Scott, who came from pro tennis. Right. And there was a two- or three-year learning curve for Larry Scott, who eventually got very good at being a commissioner from a CFP perspective. Um, point being that I anyone can do this job. It could be it could be a Brett Yormark or it could be a Bob Bowlesby type person that they hire. Yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see. Visiting with Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the uh, the college football playoff. So you argued for a long time that the BCS worked well, that, that it, two teams playing in a championship game to determine a championship uh, yielded a good champion. Um, Four-team playoff has, has worked well and has yielded a good champion. Is college football good enough that whatever our system is in the postseason – we're going to end up with a good champion as a result, or is there reason to be concerned about this transition from 4 to 12? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth, <laughs> Richard. That was great because um, the BCS gave us a worthy champion, and there were team people who were ups disappointed. I don't want to say upset, but, but disappointed about it. Oh, there were some that were upset. There were some that I can go. Let's talk about Auburn for a minute. Right. People who were upset. But the CFP gave us, gives us a worthy champion. I'm convinced we get the right four teams, but Team 5 is going to be disappointed. And when we get the new playoff, 
Team 13 or it'll really be Team 7 at large who doesn't get in will be disappointed. Just like in the 16 years I've spent with the Final Four, Men's Final Four, Team 65 was disappointed. And I wouldn't have it any other way. That's a good thing. It is a good thing that people are disappointed. And my point is that we have an event that people want to participate in. So whatever it is, BCS, um, 4, 12, people are going to be disappointed if they don't make it, and that's a good thing. I'm convinced that there's only one flaw in the, the formula that we have going. Now, this is without having seen it play out. But to not have on-campus games in that second weekend. So you have the top four teams that get a bye in, in the first round based on deserving. But then teams five, six, seven, and 8 have the opportunity to host a game on campus. And, and just based on what we see with on-campus out atmospheres throughout the entire season, it just feels like those environments are going to be unbelievable. Just as good as we've ever seen in terms of pageantry and, and having that campus feel. But then it becomes a little more sterile in the next round, and I wonder about those top four teams not having that opportunity as well. A couple of things that play at that, you need to remember that in the first two years, in 24 and 25, mm-hmm. we are already committed to having the quarterfinals and semifinals in bowl games. That's because of our current contracts right. run through what we call year 12. Okay. And so those games are there by contract. Um, I, I don't hear any talk about potentially changing in, in uh, the 26th regular season. To your point, but I, I'm sure that kind of thing will be looked at as as we move forward. Um, the home games will be fantastic, fantastic. Uh, the, the thing about having quarterfinals at home is uh, you're talking New Year's Day and ish, and a lot of times there's not any students on hand. Students are gone home. Right. And would they come back for a quarterfinal CFP game? Maybe. I, I don't know the answer everywhere, but in this conference, they the would. answer is yes. <laughs> they would come back. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, so the question is, would you come back to a college town for New Year's Eve and a college football playoff game <laughs> in your home stadium? I, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, well taken. Well taken. Um, people have also said to me, well, the top four teams don't have an opportunity to play at home. Well, yeah, but they get a bye. Right. And they're trying to win a national championship. Pretty good trade-off. But those home games are going to be fantastic. Yeah. And, and we kind of, we're looking at it from the perspective of if you went back and recreated everything as a 12-team playoff from two years ago, when Ole Miss was last in the Sugar Bowl, I think they would have been the eighth seed, and so they would have hosted a game at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, you know, late December. And, and we were just thinking, it would be unlike anything you've ever seen in Oxford. Talking about it, trying to advance in the college football playoff, just in, incredible. And I don't want to, I don't want to diss what's happened in Oxford forever because there have been some great home games. At Oxford, yeah, no question, as we know. Yeah, this could probably top them, top yeah. everyone. Yeah, and and in terms of anticipation and excitement and uh, just it, it really could. But but it's not unique to Oxford, right? I mean, if it were Baton Rouge or it were Knoxville or it were Starkville or it were Stillwater, Oklahoma. You know, wherever, I think that's what you no would doubt. get. No doubt about it. Are you excited about moving to this next phase, to, to 12 teams? Yes, very excited. Um, 
you know, part of what we do, part, people see me and they think, oh, well, he's the guy with the selection committee. Well, yeah, that's a big part of my job. But a bigger part of our staff's job is putting the games on. Right. And those games don't just happen. And so we have a lot to do in getting ready for the first-round games. How many tickets go to the visiting team? Where does the visiting team fan sit? What about the band? What about the hotel for the visiting team when they come play at Oxford or Starkville? Where do they stay? Is that number? Is that ticket number a? Is that an exact number or is it a percentage of capacity? It's going to have to be an exact number, we think. Yeah, and, and we're looking at somewhere around 3,000, 3,500, 4,000, somewhere in there. But those are just a few of the little things. What about the size of the visiting team locker room? I've never been to the visiting locker room at Ole Miss. I, I, there, I will tell you, there are some in the SEC that are good. And there are some that are not. <laughs> and uh, I, think, I think we'll have to leave it there as we're up against a hard break. Uh, Bill, thank you for all that you do for college football, for always being generous with your time. And uh, when, it, when, when we get there, all the best in retirement. Well, thank you. Nobody knows this game any better than you, so I always enjoy talking. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a quick timeout. More coming up with you from SEC Media Days after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. We'll do our best to uh, get to some text messages as we roll through the afternoon. Always a little bit of uh, oh, what, fluid. Is that the way to kind of describe these days? Not entirely sure what's coming. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. We, we go with the flow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. David Nuno joins us now from Tex Ags. We have uh, had great conversations with uh, a lot of the folks from Tex Ags, and I think you've been on with us before, David. So good to see you again. Good. To, Thanks for uh, having me, guys. It's catch fun. up. Yeah. So A and M here today, and uh, Jimbo came in early. He was yeah. here last night, kind of floating around downtown Nashville at the hotel, and uh, looks very much at ease. I just. Uh, let's just dive right in because this is something that we've talked about and I know everybody else has talked about as well. The way he has answered the question about Bobby Petrino's role. Right. And, and it, it happened back in the spring and it was kind of a, well, yeah, maybe. And was asked about it today and he was like, yeah, probably. You know, we hired him for a reason. And I think, is he going to let Bobby Petrino call plays in the so. offense or no? I think so. Look, I don't care how he answers the question. Can they fix that freaking offense? That's the, the bottom line. Can you get more than 22 points a game with all that talent? I do think so. I think Jimbo just has been, he's kind of been nudged and nudged and nudged and told he doesn't know offense and been told that the game has passed him by and doesn't know how to play call. He's just done with it. He's not answering questions the way sports writers want him to. Bottom line is, he, the way he answered it does open him up for criticism now and later if it doesn't work. Yeah. But I don't think he has to answer it the way we want him to. Apparently he went on fine ball when I was doing the interviews here where he said, yeah, Petrino's calling the plays. We hired him for a reason. Uh, but I don't think he's going to answer it because, it, to me, it doesn't matter what he does. Right now, he's public enemy because of the 5-7 and seven season, because of back-to-back pretty poor years. Uh, but I don't care how he answers it. Just let me see what happens. He, he brought in a, a – put it this way. Had he hired Garrett Riley or a young up-and-coming guy, we'd be having similar conversations about a young guy. Is he going to allow the young player to do it? He brought in Bobby freaking Petrino who has been a head coach who took a step back and is known for his offenses. Yes, I do believe Bobby's calling the plays, and it doesn't matter how Jimbo answers it, but I do understand the criticism. In terms of personalities, those are two big ones. Yep. 
Yep, they are. Uh, but I think it's going to take that for Jimbo to give up the reins to the offense, right? Like, is he going to give some young kid, all right, no, 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 you don't know what you're doing on third and four. No, 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 we're going to do it like this. Like, no, I think with Petrina, who's proven he can call plays, who's proven he can get the most out of quarterbacks, and different types of quarterbacks, by the way, not just one cookie-cutter style. He'll change it. I understand, yeah. though, why people worry about it. or it, it's There's nothing to talk about right now. It's, it's fun. It's sexy. Wouldn't you love to have a direct link? between the, the headsets that, that Jimbo and, <laughs> yeah. and Bobby have on during a game when it comes to a uh, to a tense moment, just to kind of listen uh, in. Well, I've seen Jimbo at practice, so I yeah. know how hard he can be on quarterback, so I can imagine how those conversations could be. All that being said, is it really going to matter if the offensive line is able to open holes? I'm in the minority here. I've said it all day today. I don't think the problem was as much offense. Look. They need to get more creative. They need to have more explosive plays. I 100% agree with that. But people weren't really complaining about the offense in 2020 when they were able to block. When They, they weren't able to block last year. When you can block in an, the first game of the season, Devon Achan had like 56 rushing yards against Sam Houston. Yeah. That tells you how poor that offensive line was. Bryce Foster is back. He was hurt last year for most of the year. That's going to make a big difference on that O-line. And if they're able to block, I don't think it's going to matter. Connor Wiegman is a guy. I, I enjoyed watching him play last year as a, as a freshman. I think the ceiling is really, really high on him. You know, how much in year two now, now that he's the full-time starter, he's getting those reps in practice? Well, they say it's still a quarterback competition. Okay. Well, uh, it's, it's one at Ole Miss, too, but you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how big of a, of a jump can he take this year? Hold on a second. I thought you have been critical of Wegman. No, I like him. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't throw an inter- interception last year, right? He had some growing pains, no doubt about it. He threw eight touchdowns, no picks, and Max Johnson didn't throw an interception either. Here's the thing. I think he could take a huge step, uh, but he's not going to have to be the guy in year two. He's got a lot of t- – I mean, that wide receiver room at A&M is one of the most talented in not only the SEC, in the country. they got to live up to their potential. Anaya Smith comes back is a big deal. Uh, Moose Muhammad became a star last year for A&M. One-handed catches left and right. Uh, Anias, as I mentioned. So you got those three. you got Noah Thomas. they got a lot of players that I think can be. they got to prove it, and they got to prove it with this offense. So when you look at what Connor Wegman has to do, just be more than a game manager. Don't make too many mistakes and let those playmakers make their plays. Are we talking about the right side of the ball? I mean, okay, there were obviously issues on the offensive side a year ago, and that's why. And It's mm-hmm. the most high-profile position sure. when you talk about quarterback and Jimbo's an offensive guy. But you know, you think back to that, the Ole Miss game in particular. Yep. They got gashed they on get the destroyed. ground that night. Yep. And, and it, it didn't feel like it makes sense because when we talk about talent on the roster, it's not just on the offensive side. They're dudes all over that defensive side of the roster. So are we focusing enough on the defense? The defense was a bend-don't-break. They didn't give up a lot of points, right? Uh, But it doesn't matter. If you can't stop the ball, you can't stop the rush, you can't get them off the field on third and four, what are you doing out there, right? So, no, I I agree with you. I think the problem with the defense, two things. You had 17- and 18-year-olds, and, yes, 17-year-olds playing last year yeah. for that defense. I think there's, and that was part of the problem with the offensive line, too. When you have youngsters going against 24-, 25-year-old men, they're going to be exposed. Andy Staples talked about that with us earlier right. today. So that's part of the problem. The other part is they, they've been pretty thin at linebacker. They had the number one recruit in the country two years in a row. They did. They had Harold Perkins. He was going to go to A&M. Ends up at LSU. Look at the star he became. Yeah, tough so, break on that one. Sorry. Yeah, well, there's been back-to-back like that. So you say that, and now – there have been problems at the offensive line. Excuse me, the uh, defensive line. There's been problems with linebacker. Yes, I, I I totally hear your point. They've got to be able to stop the rush, but I do think in the beginning of the year they were better. That Mississippi State game got out of hand after 
Devon A-Chain fumbled the ball. They had a chance to go up, I think, 14-7 at the point. And after that, Mississippi State ran away with it. How important is a healthy McKinley-Jackson to all this? Well, the rush defense really started with him last year. When he was on the field, they were better. When he was off the field and he missed some time, they, they struggled. You have a big guy who could be all SEC on your defensive line, and he is grown into a leader to help those young guys and sometimes when you look at the way AM was built last year I should have looked into the my prism my, my my voices in my head were telling me they're really young David they're young on the offensive line they're young on the defensive line and I was like but they got a lot of talent no the reality is when you're the bulk of your team is a bunch of youngsters who have always been told that they can walk on water life is it comes at you fast in the SEC yeah Busy with uh, David Nuno from Texas, talking about Texas A&M, the Aggies, one of three teams that are here today, along with LSU and Missouri. So you, you live this on a day-in, day-out basis. We, we all know, though, because of it's public, that contract is big and long and provides sure. for a lot of security and really, really expensive. If things don't go well, mm-hmm. just keep on plugging? I think it depends how bad it goes. You can't survive another five and seven year, right? Now, what coach in the SEC can have back-to-back five and seven years? It is unheard of, right? Like, you can't have. Can they go eight and four and he keep his job? I think so, although Kevin Sumlin was fired for averaging eight and four, but I think he can. Uh, He is recruiting at a very high level still, even even after the five and seven year. It's top ten recruiting right now. Uh, It's going to depend on how south it goes. So, So... I don't know how to ask this without it sounding gauche, so forgive me. But you know, people talk about Texas A&M and the money, right? Yep. I mean, money for facilities, money for recruiting classes. Oh, it's oil money, price of money. Just buy it out. We're talking about seventy-five million dollars, give or take. I mean, are, are we wrong when we kind of throw all oh, money, money, money? Yeah, I don't think that they can throw away seventy-five million dollars. Absolutely not. I mean, that's why it's going to depend how south it goes. Now. I don't believe it's going to go south. Yeah. I think there are I think there are a nine-win team. That's what I think, and that's a huge jump from five, right? It's a big jump. But most people had them last year as a nine-win team or ten-win team. So the talent is absolutely there. If I've said this for a while, and I really do believe it, had they scored one more touchdown a game, and that's any team in the country, but A and M specifically because they scored twenty-two and a half points a game, they're ten and two last year. Outside of Mississippi State. They were three, four-point games, all of them. Alabama, you name it, right? Like they are. So if they can score another touchdown a game, they're going to be fine. And if they go five and seven, I don't care who it is, they'll find the money. And that's most programs. You yeah. cannot win ten games two years in a row and survive. Right. And, and the eight and four year the year prior, that is that year's a lot of excuses because of injuries at the quarterback position. Uh, but you can't have three years of excuses. You better figure it out. Sure. Um. I'll ask this because it's local to us. How how big of a deal is it that when you say, okay, four losses in 21, seven losses a year ago, that in both of those years, two of them are schools from Mississippi? <laughs> it is a big deal. More with Lane Kiffin than it is with what happened <laughs> because he loves to chirp at Texas A&M. Look, uh, Will Rogers is a stud, and we all know that, right? That he is, he is part of the, the charm and, and part of the reason that Mississippi State's been able to do it. The thing that really surprised me last year was how they ran the ball on A&M, right? especially mm-hmm. in the first half and yeah. how they got that ball going. It is a big deal because 
A&M coming into the SEC now, you know, over 10 years, was that the Mississippi schools were supposed to be the easy schools. They haven't been. Right. And, and they've had the, the A&M's number the last two years. Uh, they've got to get on the, on the right side of that this year for Jimbo to really – reaches potential. 30 seconds or so left. Give me two games that are swing games in your mind that are the difference in being 9-3 and three and being 7-5. and five. I think Arkansas early on. Okay. That, that game, even though A&M has owned that series, always comes down to a, a late score. It gets weird. It does get weird. Last year, there was they were going to get blown out and then they had the fumble touchdown and A&M finds a way for Arkansas to lose on a, a missed field goal. I think that is it. I'm not as worried about the Alabama-Tennessee game because you know what you're getting with those. So I'm going to say the Ole Miss game. The, the Ole Miss game to okay. me is, is so important because Ole Miss has got the potential to be a 10-win team. they got the potential to have a rough year as well because they've got questions at quarterback regardless of what Lane says right now. There's a reason they went back in the portal. David, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. It was thanks, a lot David. of fun. David Nuno from Texags joining us on Sports Talk Mississippi. More coming up with you from SEC Media Days in Nashville. Our coverage presented by Gentile Apparel. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Exhale for a second. Busy little run there during the show. Yeah. Michael Borky. Tim, right there. Brian Hayes. He's over there, yeah. Over there. And uh, we're all glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of uh, not one but two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can book your tee time, plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. It's dancingrabbitgolf.com. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business ceasefire.com slash business. Dwayne and Brandon, is Jaden Daniels there? Not anymore. LSU has vamoosed. They, they, they are back on the plane, headed back home. Uh, is Cross... Wait, wait, I'm sorry, Borky. My bad. Once again, Michael Borky uh, has been silenced. I know. Happens uh, all the time. No, he's quite skinny. Uh, Jaden Daniels. I he's lanky. For him, he's yeah, lanky. Because he, uh, Hendon Hooker was walking through here, and the two of them standing next to each other very different. Very different. I thought Hinton Hooker was a little skinny. Yeah. In fairness, Hinton Hooker is like 36. That's a good point. He is quite old. What yeah. a weird pick by Detroit. I mean, that's a conversation for another day, but... He's talented. I know, but they're going to extend golf, I think. And anyway. Nah. Uh, is Cross the only person in the building that doesn't need a badge? I have one. It's right there, yeah. Just kind of drives me crazy, so keep it close in case anybody asks for it. Uh, LSU by far has the worst visiting dressing room. Actually, Mississippi State is pretty nice because it used to be their dressing room for uh, four years ago. Uh, That is correct. The visiting locker room in Starkville is underneath the east stands. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, that the shape of it, it's it's kind of like long and narrow, not super deep. But yeah, it, in terms of 
visiting locker rooms in the SEC, it is, I don't know. It's not what it used to be when Mike Leach was calling it a work of art no. of how bad it was. Uh, it's probably top top five. Get Richard giving Mississippi State some credit. Look at him. Uh, Great job. The, the best visiting locker room in the SEC, and it is not close. Mm-hmm. It is not close as Texas A&M. Oh, okay, I would disagree. Texas A&M's visiting lo- how do you know? I would say it's Vanderbilt's because usually you, you come back in there and you're happy. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, I see what uh, you said there. But if you are Ole Miss or Mississippi State, you go to the visiting locker room in College Station, you're probably happy. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, that's it's palatial. It's, it's, uh, it's bigger than some home locker rooms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it is it is massive. You'd say palatial? Is it, would you go so far as to say opulent? Uh, no, no, no. The finishings are not opulent. Okay. Palatial just in terms of its size. No gold you trim. You intentionally or... make it bad, though. Like, that's not a good thing to yes. a good visitor's locker room. You yes. should make it to where the only thing in each locker is just a nail sticking a out nail, of the A nail, and there's a bucket in the corner, exactly. and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, ex- that's what it should be. Iowa's got it perfect. Ole Miss is a- no air conditioning either. Vaughn Hemingway Stadium is visiting locker room. Horrific. Good. That is exactly how it should be. Never nope. touch it. Keith Carter, if you're listening, never touch it. Don't even clean it. Just if the team cleans it on the way out, great. If not, well, just leave my broom and a mop. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to clean, here it is. Visiting locker room uh, inside Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Third world country bath. Good. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised by that, but that's how it should be. Auburn's not great. Okay. It's okay. Uh, not great. I don't remember Florida. Maybe it's because I got a concussion. <laughs> It's all, it's all hazy. Yeah, uh, Arkansas's fine. Whatever. Okay. So yeah, I agree with your point. Uh, it was uh, it was bad. Uh, Jason says, "What exactly was the Mike Leach story of the old visiting locker room?" I looked for it a while back, couldn't find it. Uh, it was when he was with Kentucky. He was the offensive coordinator under uh, Hal Mummy, and basically it was sort of what he just what what Borky just said. There was just a, a nail there for you to hang your your pads on. With no seats. Uh, very, very little in the in the in the way of creature comfort. I he think, said it was painted pink. Also, no, that that that's, I don't, Iowa. that's Iowa that does that. Oh, okay. I, I think he did say that the, the stalls had no no doors. That's a that's a nice touch. Uh, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Let's go. No uh, no doors on stalls. No uh, shower curtains on showers. Mm-hmm. Just make it as uh, uncomfortable as possible. Yeah. It is possible. Can't imagine this being true, but possible. That Mike Leach embellished that story in his own memory a bit. Over it's possible. Time. It's Maybe. possible. He's a man of, of, the, of the truth, though. He's a truthsman. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at uh, supertalk.fm, supertalk TV. We've got LSU on the countdown today in teams oh, okay. 100 teams in 100 days. But instead of trying to go to that right now, we are going to have a conversation with Matt Moscona in the uh, the next hour of the show, so we will uh, allow oh, yeah, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of let that serve a. Uh, He's sitting right over there. Yeah, serve a, a dual purpose. All right, so we we talked with David Nuno a minute ago at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. He believes they're going to be good. He say, he thinks that's a nine and three football team. Uh, they go to Miami in week two. Need to ev- avoid an upset there. The Texas A and Auburn A uh, and M Auburn game isn't that one that's been kind of wild. You go back to 2018, it was a four point game. Mm-hmm. 2019, it was an eight-point game. Both of those losses for A&M. Uh, 2020, COVID year, A&M won it by 11. 21, yeah, 20-3 last year. Ooh, Auburn beat A&M last year. Yeah. They were really bad. Yeah. That, that makes the LSU 
win even more inexplicable. One of the most yet. inexplicable results of the season. 38-23. to 23. God. And LSU was, like, really never in the game. No, they weren't. So They, yeah. they absolutely were not. Auburn is a game I kind of have circled. Is I've made this comment a couple times. that Freeze has a little bit of that Mike Leach, lose one you shouldn't, win one you shouldn't. Yeah. Going, going to, I think it's at A&M, correct? It is. That would be win one you should. Okay. After they lose in California. Yeah, something before. like that. Exactly. So so that's a problem for A&M. Huge problem. If, if they lose that game to Auburn, because you turn around the next week and you go to Arlington to face what we think is going to be a pretty good Arkansas team. Yeah. Not a great Arkansas team. Yeah. Um, and then you've got... Alabama the week after that. Yeah. And then a road game in Knoxville. I mean, what a stretch of, uh, of brutal. I mean, terrible stretch of games. And understandably so, you kind of glossed over Miami. I mean, going to Coral Gables uh, and facing off against Tyler Van Dyke is not uh, like something that is just very easy to do. I mean, it feels like Miami's better than App State. Yeah. <laughs> then that's a problem. And that's, that's an important game that's for a problem. Mario Cristobal. You know how people thought that Cristobal yeah. was going to be the heir apparent to Nick Saban? Uh, suddenly, he, he's got to start winning or else uh, he's not on a hot seat. His contract is too big. But I have no thoughts on Mario Cristobal. Just like I have no thoughts on AI in college football. But um, I'm going to run that jug for a couple of days here, just I, so you know. I mean, they're talented enough to Tell get Tell me about Lafayette, Louisiana. No, no, I have no thoughts. On the beautiful, fine town of Lafayette, Louisiana. Can't you see them getting to the bye week with four losses? I mean, that, that is Ooh. entirely possible. He might not though. be there. Might not be there to coach the South Carolina game on October. If, if they have four losses in October, that, that, that's 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 somebody saying I can't take this anymore. Miami, Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, they, they, Tennessee, absolutely they can could. result in that. They could, absolutely. but I don't think they will. I have A and M third, but, but, third hey, in the West when we get to the ballots. But but the flip side of that is they could be seven and one going into the open Absolutely. day. Exactly. Right. They they could they could win those first four, including on the road against Miami. They could beat Auburn. They could beat Arkansas. Lose to Alabama, you would think, and then win in Knoxville. They could win. I, I think they would lose that game. But well, yeah, we'll they see. could. But we'll see. Yeah. They're talented. It depends on what Milton is. They're talented enough to win them all. They're talented enough to beat South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, yeah. and even LSU. The way I said it earlier today was it's like a house of cards, right? But in a good way. It's just there's so much talent. Eventually, it has to topple over and become wins. They, they, they can't keep being so talented and not winning. It doesn't make any sense. And, and so at what point Debbie, do you continue to give them the benefit of the doubt? Because I feel like a lot of people are giving them the benefit of the doubt because, oh, it's such a talented roster. But then at some point you're like, you know what? You're going to have to earn the benefit of the doubt because I, I am I am this year giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Wouldn't the counter to that be, though, that this is the SEC? The, the team in the SEC West that recruits the worst is perpetually top 30. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Hey, by the way, I should correct what I said about uh, Mississippi State. It's no longer under the East, east stands. Mm-hmm. When Mississippi State moved into its new locker room in the north end zone, they moved the visitors' locker room to the south end zone. The last time that Ole Miss used the visitors' locker room that was under the east side stands was the year that Matt Luke was the interim, or I guess he was the head coach. Yeah, 2019. And uh, and they won. Well, something happened at the end of that game. Somebody Somebody got out of hand. Do you really not remember? I mean, is that the the Wiz game? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, did they win two years before that when he was the interim head coach? Yeah. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. So the so the the Elijah Moore game. They, they were in the new locker room. Okay. Yeah. So 2017 was the last time Ole Miss used okay. that locker room. That was also a whiz game. DK yeah. Metcalf. They won that one. Oh though. yeah. They but won the that one is, though. But again, as people say all the time, they won both of those games. Eh. Ole Miss lost that Egg Bowl, but Elijah Moore saved the program that night. Ah, that's what you're saying, yeah. Sports they, they won that game. Mississippi with you from SEC Media Days in Nashville. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi, our coverage of Media Days, brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. If you are watching on Super Talk TV, thanks, one, for joining us. You uh, get a little ambiance, and uh, perhaps you have a question. Why are there so many people that keep walking down that hallway? I'll give you a guess. You know what's down that hallway? That's where the John is. The John, the head, the facilities, <laughs> the library. There's business being done in there. The library? It's been called that. I've heard All that right. before. Got to go ask a man about a horse. Wait, uh, people call the bathroom the library? That's a real thing? I've never heard that one. That's a new one. I mean, I mean, you go reading there. I mean, before technology advancements, you did read. Yeah. yeah. You just have I still read. It's just, it's just on a phone. Yeah. I don't know if scrolling through Twitter counts as reading, though. What else could it possibly be? I use my eyes to process the information. That's what reading is. It's it's more like stimulation as opposed to truly like reading. <laughs> Are you guys children? Yes. I mean, How long have we been friends? I mean, yes, since the beginning. Yes, I am a child. Yes, 100%. Even he's laughing. Come on. When he's laughing, you know you put You guys are both in your 40s. I mean, gracious. Almost in my 50s. And I'm still going to laugh at that. You say something like that, it's about stimulation. I'm going to laugh. Sorry. Especially when we're talking about in the bathroom. Yes, I'm going to say that. I'm going to laugh. You don't have to... I just ha- I'm trying so to explain. Sometimes the beauty of the joke is just like moving on. He doesn't get it. Chuckle. Oh no, I get it. He I'm doesn't just, get it. I'm not a child. I am a child. Yeah. Just yeah. a big kid. Um. <laughs> College football fix to start the five o'clock hour. That is just around the corner. We are with you at day one from SEC Media Days. Glad to have you along for the ride today. Uh, we should say hi, by the way. Um, Lance is in the studio today. Will's had a big day. He's had a lot on his plate, and so Lance is sliding in. Uh, Lance, what's up, dude? Man, I'm just hanging out in here watching y'all have a blast and and enjoying uh, everybody's so clean-shaven today. You know, I like that. (laughs) I haven't shaved this week. I'm not. I'm not clean shaven. I haven't shaved since uh, Thursday at the Palmer home. I kind of. I'm kind of like eternal stubble guy. So maybe it looks clean shaven. I'm envious of the speed in which that came back. The, yeah, he, he Richard literally shaves in the morning, and then by 3 p.m. it's like he didn't shave at all. I think he was talking about the speed. Which, no, I knew what you were talking about, but I'm talking about Richard. Like he's an everyday I mean, stubble guy. Full baby I'll have face, hair. And it's already few, back. I'll have hair in a couple of days. Like we're still in the stubble phase here. No, I have not shaved with a razor in months. Yeah, it's just every couple just of days. Run, I run, have with the beard trimmer. Run the trimmer over. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, so, yeah, Lance, always glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks for uh, being with us. Now, Houston. Houston. I mean, he, he gets the straight blade out, and we're talking like smooth no. as a baby's bottom every single morning. No, really? Does the straight blade? I don't know. I just oh, kind of okay. made that part of it up. I thought, I thought you were being serious. She's going down there. And have you ever had a, a straight blade? No, nah, I never have. I always wanted to. I was, uh, wherever it was we ate dinner last night, they had, you know, the, um, in the library, <laughs> above the uh, the relief station, where they uh, they put <laughs> the, the relief station. You know, they put the uh, posters on the on the yeah. wall yeah. above the relief station with the advertisements on them. Yeah. And there was a place in Nashville that was advertising, like, a hot shave and yeah. a haircut and face massage and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, there's one of those places there if you want to get the uh, the straight blade. But then I would be sh- I would be smooth again. I, I don't want to do that. I'm ready to get back to having a beer. Yeah. Um, we have not talked much about LSU. We're going to do that more in the five o'clock hour. If you believe that Texas A&M is a nine and three team, you have to believe that LSU is at least a nine and three team, don't you? You are you ready? For my hot LSU take. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what's coming. LSU is going to lose the first game of the season and then not lose again in the regular season. Oh, okay. Don't hate that Yeah, at all. I want to know what he thinks about that take. I'll find out soon. Well, we'll have a chance to ask him oh. coming up in uh, in just a little while. Yeah. We're going to give it a shot. We're, we're going to do it. Are we going to do this, guys? Yeah. Uh, look, look who it is. Is he back? Oh, wow. Not only is there a road to the there's the a trash can back here too. We've also got a trash can behind. There's us. all sorts of facilities happening I, I, behind us. I think we wow. lost the uh, the lottery drawing. Look, look there's LSU. There's your favorite team. Yeah, Mighty Tigers. Uh, hey, hey, it is. Uh, no, he's he, gone he now. He's to gone to the facilities. Yeah, he's, he had to, he had to go check a book out. He's yeah. at the library. It is. Uh, hey, so the so so Hey Dad's hot take prediction is LSU loses the season opener and then doesn't lose again. Is that crazy? No. Yeah, okay, we'll talk about that. I more. got the Moscona seal of approval. That's all I wanted. Not, not completely crazy. All right. Uh, yeah, we're having a good time with you. And uh, if you can't have a good time here, if you're one of the guys, <laughs> media days is such a bummer. Get out. Do you know how much fun you are not to hang out with? How much not fun you are to hang out with? Yeah. Get in here, Borky. Go. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think he's much of a hugger. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm no, a hugger. I'm not a hugger. hugger at all. Yeah. Yeah. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Dwayne and Brandon says straight blade shaving reminds me of a mafia movie, blood squirting out. Uh-huh. Uh, Zach and Oxford, come on, guys. You let Lance on the show. Lance, I can't believe you talked your way onto the show and at SEC Media Days, no less. Love you, brother. That's from Zach in Oxford. I'm not going to read that one. I need to see it. Though. David Ripley says, <laughs> "I call my bathroom the gym." The gym. Can you guys you getting a workout in there? Uh, uh. Uh, we're gonna stop right there. Sports Talk Mississippi, five o'clock hour coming up next. A fun Monday in July at SEC Media Days in Nashville. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi.
o'clock hour with you. Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days in Nashville for the very first time. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, in addition to the sports book and the Dancing Rabbit and the casinos, they got the water park. They've got the water park. Geyser Falls Water Park. Go to geyserfalls.com. Find the hours of operation. See all the cool stuff. You get the Lazy River, which is Haydad's favorite part. One, because it has lazy in the name. Two, he doesn't have to work when he's in the Lazy River. He just lays right there in his banana hammock in the tube, and he just floats around over and over and over. Yeah. He will not be there this coming Saturday, so nah. it is safe for you to take the family. Geyserfalls.com. <laughs> you can buy your tickets <laughs> online or just buy them when you get there. Uh. Ceasefire text line if you want to be part of the conversation, 601-879-4395. This is day one of SEC Media Days. Uh, Missouri, LSU, Texas A&M. So it's time for a fashion update. Actually, first let me tell you, it's time right now for the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. So can test drive last one year. at your local Mississippi Ford I'll always have today. It. That will soon be the music of the Big Ten. Yeah. I, I'll still listen to it. No, and this, I will get year, fired up. using it this year? I will get fired up for Rutgers versus Iowa because of that music. Will you? Yeah. For a little while, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Until the ball kicks off and then until i watch two two plays I'm like, oh. uh, all right so i actually have a reason for uh, for doing this so just bear with me for a moment on the fashion update thing because normally you would just laugh at me for doing this um so we had eli here eliah drinkwitz from missouri he had on some uh, retro jordans they were white like the base color on them was white and then some super shiny gold on there they were about what you'd expect from eli drinkwitz a uh, couple of the a nice. uh, uh, couple of the uh, Missouri players were rocking the uh, Christian Louboutin tennis shoes with the spikes on the front of them. You, you've looked into those that's so much that you knew what they were branded as. Uh, I, I just that's keep up with stuff. For you. Okay. Just keep up with stuff, man. Okay, yeah. I don't have any Louboutin shoes. Okay, I don't. Do you have any shoes with spikes in them? Uh, no, okay, I don't. Great. I don't. Right. But that's I was curious enough. I was curious one time about okay, what brand is it that makes these spiked tennis shoes that I'm seeing from place to place? Uh-huh. That's Louboutin, which okay. used okay. to be a women's high-fashion brand. They made the red-bottom high heels, and now they've branched oh, yeah. into the uh, spiky tennis shoes. Yeah. Um, Steve Madden. Steve Madden. What are you, like uh, Wolf of Wall Street over there? Uh, nothing like that. Okay. Uh, and let's see. what. Else. So that was uh, – I got Missouri out of the way. Yeah. Brian Kelly rocking some tennis shoes with his suit today. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Jimbo surprised me last night. He's a boots guy, or at least we think he's a boots guy. We thought he was. Walking through the lobby of the hotel last night after dinner, yeah. he's got on, got on some loafers with, uh, with jeans. Why are you doing this, Richard? Just to tee up what we really wanted to talk about. Fashion, as it pertains to Mississippi State. That's right. Yeah? That's right. Have you seen the leaks? Have you seen the leaks online? New helmets? New Jersey's? Yeah. Not Texas A&M knockoffs? No. Not the extras from College Station? Tell me more. You know, the Thunder and Lightning podcast, hosted by myself and Robbie Falk, people call us a lot of things. Idiots. Yeah. Morons. Mm -hmm. uh, Dunderheads. Dunderheads? Yeah. What is that? It's a head of dunder. 
that helped me not at all. Just but, a, a schmuckety schmuck. Yeah. But. Never heard that before. When it comes to the future of branding at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. you can call us right. Because we said it months ago that the script state was going to be the wave of the future at Mississippi State, and now it's starting to leak out. That's going to be on the helmet. The banner M is going to die a horrible death. It had to go. It was awful. And now we are going to see the script state. You Wait. think you think that's going to be the standard? You think that think is so. going to be the primary I believe that is what football I've been told. helmet? Yes. And any other helmet is going to be just and like I, a I, I, one-off Mississippi State deal. is going to tr- attempt to make its branding as state, which okay. is what I have been in favor of this whole time. As they and sh- I tried to tell y'all, and some of you wanted to fight back against that. Oh, you, you yeah. know what? Oh. <laughs> well, look at you now. You know what's interesting about that? Yeah, what's that? If that is indeed happening, mm-hmm. it is happening coming off a time of transition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, 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 okay. It's almost there, like there was another guy who didn't really no, understand huh. marketing. But there's been change in the marketing department. Yeah. And there have been some really good people in marketing at Mississippi been. State. Um, there were. And Mississippi State has invested a lot mm-hmm. in terms of brand identity yeah. to, to, the, to the Banner M-State logo. And what has it gotten them? Every, every year, at least twice a year, that's the Ole Miss Rebels. No. Every year. No, at least twice ju- a year. You just got scar tissue from that happening. No, it happens all the time. It does happen a lot. It happens. Yeah, but not with the logo. No, you, but you see the logo next to Ole Miss Rebels. Or you see... Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and conversely, you never see... Never. ...the Ole Miss logo no, with next Mississippi to Mississippi State. State. Exactly. Yeah. State's branding has been poor. Mm-hmm. I think branding themselves as State, when you're the only... Nobody's ever going to refer to LSU as State. No. Right? They're LSU. So now you're the only one. Right. I said, this is the comment I made. The Egg Bowl. Who plays in that game? Ole Miss and State. Ole Miss and State. I would say State and Ole Miss, but that's that's not the issue. Here. I actually did that on I know you did. Just I 100%. To see. I, wanted, I knew you did. I knew you did. Just to see if you would correct. But th- that's the point, is that State is a great branding for, Miss, for for the Mississippi State University. What about the jerseys? The jerseys, the, the, the ones that I – assuming the leaks are accurate, they're, 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 they're going to be enough of a difference that it's really noticeable from Texas A&M. Okay. Um, the big – Banner Mississippi State yeah. will be off the middle, from what I've been told, okay. and that's where you might see the M. It's just right there on the. So on that's the not going away entirely. Not going away entirely. It, it, you, we talked about it, I think last week that on e, with ESPN that their their logos, the banner M is still on there. Okay. And then you have the state script, and then you have. So we get the offset A. So that's still going to be the offset around. A will yes. still be it. Maybe they'll center it on this particular version. I don't know. Probably not. Pro- probably not. Okay. So. so you're happy. Do, do Mississippi State fans, or state fans, Yeah. Um, do they seem to be pleased with this uh, development? It, it seems, yeah, you can't really tell from, from message boards and, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm interested when state makes the uh, the official announcement. And they'll, they'll, you know, the past few weeks we've seen uh, Kansas has done their, their uniforms out, and I think uh, NC State did one. Which so, looked good, by the way. Adidas yeah. is on a, a, a they, they were clean. Right they now. were just simple yeah. and clean. And that's that's always been Adidas's problem is that they they junk everything up. They put too much. They go too far. When everybody nowadays just wants simple, clean, sort of a nod to the past. You know, I don't I don't know if retro is the right word. Vintage is the right word. But just to that nod to to to, to older uniforms. 
Um, that's what people want nowadays. Yeah, because they ruined UCLA there for a while. Yeah. And that, that's such a difficult concept to ruin. And by the way, for whatever it's worth, the helmet resembling different colors and name, obviously, UCLA is not a bad decision. Yeah. That's a good decision. Yeah. That's a good helmet. So, there. There's there. There's a... Uh, there it is. That's what it's, it's, it's going to... I think it's going to... This is what I have been told will be the helmet So, you year. believe this is more than uh, interweb fodder? I believe that to be correct, yes. Okay. And if, uh, what, Hale State Unis, they've got a bunch of... Uh, they got a bunch of well, they, they, they had they had a, like the history of the helmet kind of okay. thing there. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. Once again, could I be wrong? Yeah. Am I lying to you? No. You think uh, if we ask Zach Arnett about that tomorrow, uh, you could ask him about you know his thoughts on branding, probably. But you don't think if I say, "Hey, are you guys going to Cursive State on the well, side of your I, helmets this from year?" From what I've been told, that should be announced by the by the end of today. I feel okay. like he's the kind of coach that does not care at all about you. Yeah. Like, like if you ask him, he'll say, "It's not up to me. I don't care." Yeah, that um, maybe so. So we get another. Also, State has to ditch the gray pants. No, they'll keep the gray pants. I actually think the gray pants look. Yeah, they look good. good. The stormtrooper look is really good. The, the all whites, yeah, yeah. I only like the white helmet with the white jersey and white pants. I don't like it with maroon. And I mean, look, the the gray pants are a little bit of a nod to Ole Miss, and so you know, you 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 know, well, a script helmet, gray pants. I mean, <sighs> yes, because you guys invented cursive. Cursive was invented at the University of Mississippi. Not, not so much invented it, just uh, kind of used it as a mark for about oh a yeah. century or so. Yeah, and nobody else does that. We were just talking about UCLA a second ago. Okay, well, you just named one other school. I mean, I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, I could come up with some more. Can you find another one that's 75 miles from your campus? Maybe. I don't know. What does William Carey do? That's more than 75 miles from know. campus, buddy. I don't know. Or whatever the number is. So. Hey, look, it's okay. It, 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 it is okay. Hey, Dad. The, the fact that uh, I mean, Florida uses script, there's another one. Look, it took Florida, forever Florida. to get there, yeah. but there it is. The, the truth of the matter is. Yeah. Being little brothers really doesn't Oh, my God. No, 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 hear me up. It's really just about birth order. Yeah. It's more about birth order than a yeah. state of mind. Which one of us is littler? <laughs> Not you. There you go. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi. Having a good time with you at SEC Media Days on this Monday. We're going to check in with Matt Moscona from ESPN Baton Rouge on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV with you from SEC Football Media Days in Nashville. Our coverage is brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We are going to uh, attempt to do something now 
that um, we have, uh, have we're here never done Radio before. Row at uh, at SEC Football Media Days, and our neighbor. That's Matt Muscona's voice you hear right now. At uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. Are, are you on? Yeah, we're okay. on. I'm introducing. Uh, so Richard Cross, great dude, and uh, you see him all the time on the SEC Network as well, had this wild idea. Hold on, you got to talk into the mic. I was telling my so, audience. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was telling my audience what was going on. Yeah, but now our audience can hear you all. Okay, so this is Richard Cross for those in Louisiana and all the parts yonder. Um, he had the idea of doing reciprocal radio. So you've already explained this to your audience? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. So presently, I am on their show and now richard is on our show simultaneously since we're on at the same time so we just saved a little time from doing interviews with each other to talk about all this and lsu we'll just knock it all out at once how about that i love it you start by the way michael borky this was his idea and wait borky houston executed it and i'm just wait just houston houston houston's a guy too thank god for him i'm just handsome yeah no that's just uh hmm, hey dad said i'm just handsome well he just blocked the entire camera yeah. shot a second oh, ago as hey. well but hey that's no, all right no hey uh, you you are you were asking us a question a second ago um yes. about predicted order of finish and this is actually something that we've talked about for a while the sec media has generally been predictable in their picking teams in the order that they're going to finish like we know that mississippi state's going to be picked last that's not a shot at mississippi state that's just kind of where mississippi state gets picked are you aware that rivers is is a starkville native yes and a mississippi state alum yeah but but brian haydad would tell you he's like state's going to get picked last and then they're going to finish higher than that but are are you wait are you convinced state's going to be picked last this year in the west yeah yeah okay are you not well, all right. So I think it's a very interesting year in this respect. I think it's I think it's the worst quarterback le- year in the league since 2014. And I think look, there's only five quarterbacks that are coming to this thing, which is it, it's a pretty good indicator when we come to this, right? If there's yeah. if you're bringing your quarterback, it's kind of indicative of where your program is. Uh, now, I firmly believe that every school should have to bring their quarterback. I I believe that that should be non-negotiable. Whether they have named a starter or not, you yes. bring a quarterback. Non-negotiable. Every school. Jackson Dart should be here. I agree. There's no reason at all. By the way, is going to be the starter for Ole Miss. Richard, there is no reason that the University of Kentucky is coming here without Devin Leary. That is stupid. Why are we here? We're here to tell great stories about the league. Is is Devin Leary coming from NC State not one of the most interesting stories? He's he's not coming. You know who's coming? Get 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 the list of the Kentucky guys. Exactly. I don't even know their names. Anyway. When you have a stable, a stable quarterback situation, I think it's it's going to be more interesting. I'm not sold on Zach Arnett at all, but I think the Will Rogers bump is going to play in some people's minds. Yeah, that's fair. I think Auburn will finish last. We'll be voted last. Oh, you think Auburn will be voted last? We'll be voted last. Okay. Should they be? Um, I need to look at this, at their schedule candidly. All right. Um, so, so while you do, but while probably, you do that, but the, the debate really is who's going to because I don't know who they're rotating because they, they have Georgia, but I don't know who they're rotating cross divisional is this year. So Auburn gets, uh, oh Auburn gets Vanderbilt. Okay, right. there you go. All right, State, you're in the you're you're, you're sorry, you're the caboose. Um, so the question is top of the the standings. It's either going to be LSU or Alabama. Uh, I went through a a deal a few years ago where I was like, you know what, I'm going to be cute. I'm going to pick LSU or Texas A&M or somebody else and then they finished like fifth and guess what? Alabama won the West again and I said, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore. So Nick Saban's (laughs) not there. I'm not picking anybody else to win the West. Brian Haydad's been saying for months now, I'm picking LSU to win the West. Here's where I get hung up on it. 
when you look at what Alabama lost from a year ago on a team that lost two games, they lost a ton. Mm-hmm. They got questions at quarterback. They don't have a proven running back. I think they're going to be talented there. They lost five starters on the defensive side. They're pretty good on the offensive line. They don't have a dude at wide receiver. Why would I pick them to win the West? So, yes, I think when it's all said and done, given what LSU has coming back, I'm picking them to win the West. I, there's every reason to pick LSU in the West. They still have to go do it, obviously. The interesting thing about Alabama is um, I – all the things you said are right, but in the past we've still just given them the benefit of the doubt. I used to, like every year before the season starts on on my show, we always do fall previews, so we'll have someone on media who covers. And I got in the habit every year of whenever I had the Alabama, whoever the Alabama beat writer on or radio person that I had, I'd say Alabama lost eighteen guys to the draft. Does it really matter? And then I would go Alabama lost this coach. Does it really matter? Yeah. And and the answer was always. Just note everything because reload, replace, replenish, Nick Saban, yada, yada. But I'm with you. Like, they don't get the benefit of the doubt this year. They played five 50 50 games last year. Five. They went, they went three and two. They, they lost on a last second field goal to Tennessee and an overtime on a two point conversion to LSU. They were that close to being 12 and 0. Right. But Texas, Bryce Young's Houdini Act, Ole Miss, Gumby. Ole Miss, and then, uh, yeah, uh, AM. Yeah. I mean, those three games, you could be seven and five. A and able to throw in the end zone to try and win it. Ole Miss to throw in the end zone to try and win it on the final play of regulation. And Bryce Young looks like Gumby in avoiding that sack off the edge. Texas doesn't break down, and they get the win on the road. So yeah, that corner Probably blitz finished where they should have. If Bryce Young gets sacked on the corner blitz, the game ends. Yes, and they they lose to Texas. Right. So yes, I mean Bama was also a breath away from being seven and five. Again, I'm not saying that they should have been seven and five. They won three of their 50-50 games with Bryce Young, and now you've lost Bryce Young and two coordinators. And I just, I'm not Richard. I'm not burying Alabama. I'm not saying they're going to stink. I'm not saying they're going seven and five. I'm just saying I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt this year. What do you think of Ole Miss in the West? Okay, so uh, I've referenced this so many times. Last year, you remember our conversation last year? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Have you actually looked at their schedule yet this year? Yes. I, I have. Um, but that was a great lesson. Because last year we're sitting at Media Days, and Richard sat across from me and was like, look at Ole Miss. We did it live. We just pulled it up and went boom, boom, boom. And it was like, they're going to they're gonna be 7-0 and when they come to Baton Rouge. And they were 7-0 and when they came to Baton Rouge. Um, I So I have a, answer this question for me, then I'll tell you. You said Jackson Dart's going to play quarterback. Why, why did Spencer Sanders come to Oxford if he's not going to play? Honestly, I'm not sure he had as many options as people thought that he had for some reasons that weren't necessarily related to football. And I think Ole Miss was really good to him on the NIL front. I think those are the two biggest reasons. And he probably also believed that he could win the job. But you got to remember, Jackson Dart, last year was his first full season as a starter. Right, He had a cup of coffee at Southern Cal, played in four, five, six games out there, had an injury, had to come back from that injury. If you look at the way Jackson Dart played, he got better as the season went along, even though Ole Miss's record got worse as the season went along. And he got harder, whatever. Yeah. But he played winning football in the second half of the season, even though Ole Miss didn't win a bunch of those games. Do um, they, they finished second place a bunch in the second half of the year. Okay, so look at 
the schedule's weird, too. The Tulane game is at Yulman, isn't it? Yeah, it it's, is. It's on campus at yeah. Yulman. Um, so it's Mercer at Tulane, Georgia Tech, which Georgia Tech is not very good. Right. Uh, um, the oldest that, one in Atlanta last year, 42 nothing. Yeah. They're, they're wow. At Bama, LSU, Arkansas, at Auburn. That's a... That's a yo stretch right there. What does is, what is Ole Miss do in that stretch? At Bama, LSU, Arkansas, at Auburn. And there is a bye before Auburn. Yeah, I mean, you, you would hope they go 2-2. Two and two. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you're hoping they go 2-2, two and two, which means losses to Alabama and LSU on paper and wins against Arkansas and Auburn. Arkansas home game. Ole Miss has been much better against Arkansas in Oxford. Fayetteville's been a house of horrors for Ole Miss. And um, you're trying to win one on the road against uh, an Auburn team where – I feel pretty confident saying Hugh Freeze has that game circled. I just don't think Auburn's yeah. very good. I agree with you. My here's my that one roster's bad. Yes. Um, my one fear about Auburn is I, I Hugh Freeze is still a really good coach. He is, and they're they're not going to be very good, but they're going to beat somebody. And Ole Miss traditionally plays terrible, or not, I won't say plays terrible. Ole Miss doesn't beat Auburn. Um. I don't mean this in any way to be a slight. I wouldn't consider. Can, I wouldn't um, include Ole Miss in, in what I'm about to say. O- Auburn's going to beat someone they have no business beating. We said that just a little while ago, but they're also going to lose to somebody they should not. I think. To. I mean, I could see Auburn being five and seven this year. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think Auburn's going to be great. But one of those wins is going to be a oh man. How about like, at, how about at A and M? It could be at LSU. Like, I, I don't think they will, but, like, if you told me that Auburn comes to Baton Rouge and Hugh Freeze has the game of his life, and co- would it, like, yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see it happening. we got 45 seconds okay. to break. I don't know if you can hear the music or not. Nope. So where are you picking Ole Miss? Fourth? Are you going to pick them ahead of State and Auburn, but behind LSU, Alabama, and A&M? I'll probably pick them third because I think they'll win a head-to-head against A&M. Matt Moscone of ESPN Baton Rouge, good friend. Always nice to catch up. This was kind of cool. We pulled it off, I he, think. He's Richard Cross, great friend, Sports Talk Mississippi. How about that? All right, I'm handing your microphone back and turn this thing down. We'll take a quick timeout. we got more coming up from SEC Football Media Day's Our coverage brought to you by Genteel and GenteelApparel.com. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Looking for a new Ford truck? There's really only one place to look. That's Belk Ford in Oxford. They're located on Highway 6 West. Great selection of Ford F-150s. I actually drove through the lot on uh, on Saturday before I left on Sunday to come to Nashville. And uh, they got some great-looking stuff out there uh, right now. Whether uh, a variety of colors, variety of trim options, good finan- uh, financing options right now from uh, Ford. Whether you're looking for the shorter financing terms, the longer-term financing, they've got options for you. They're going to treat you like family. Since 1961, Belk has been a Ford dealership. They've also got Oxford Toyota just up the hill. So if it's not a Ford product, maybe you want a Camry or a Forerunner or a Sequoia or a Tundra, uh, they got you covered there as well. But Belk Ford. Oxford Toyota online. It's belkford.net, oxfordtoyota.com. But do yourself a favor. Go by there in person. Check them out. 
Test drive an F-150. You're going to fall in love with it. You're going to want to buy it, and they will take care of you. They'll treat you like family at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota Highway 6 West in Oxford. From SEC Media Days, there's Billy Lucci walking by. He's just a rock star right there. Uh, always good to see him from yeah. uh, from Tex Ags. Uh, Billy's a good dude. Uh, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. Fun you guys ready for this topic on ESPN right now? You guys ready for this? Yeah. Is Nick Saban's legacy on the line this season? Oh, God. Oh, it hurts. It, hurt. it physically hurts. Who what, wrote it? What show is it? I want to know who wrote that. Um, what show is that? FT. I don't even know what Whatever that is. that is. And Feinbaum's on it right now. Talking about if Nick Saban's legacy is on the line this season. Coming off of an 11-win season in which he won the Sugar Bowl, Come on. his legacy is I'm now on the line. i to rooftop bar and just jump off. I can't take it anymore. Six national championships at Alabama in 16 seasons. Yeah. And seven national championships in his career. No, they... Why didn't I think of that? I'm kicking myself here. I come up with topics every day for the show, and I didn't. Uh, this is a Nick Saban legacy year. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Well, good to know. He is coaching for his job because they all are. It's what they do for a living. But yes. Um. A couple of things that are 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 last year, right? Last year for no Texas Texas A&M. So last year is a 14 team league. I didn't say that right. OU Texas, not Texas Texas A&M. Um, last year was a 14-team league. Mm-hmm. Last year is divisions. And we have actually not spent just a ton of time talking about the elimination of divisions in the SEC. What it guarantees is your two best teams, regardless of division, play in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. What it eliminates is a 5-3 and three Arkansas team from a few years ago yeah. getting into the conference championship game. State and A 6-2 uh, Missouri. An extra berth in the SEC championship game. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be a bummer if next year Ole Miss won what would have been the West <laughs> but didn't finish in that, the top that, two? That's, that's the, you know, kind of the joke that some state fans have made. If Ole Miss doesn't win the West this year, they'll never win the West. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, that is well, true. Well, the stadium says they won the West once. Tied. Well, I mean, you can, you know. They got a trophy. You can, you can put a banner up that says anything. Can you? Yeah. Well, who are the banner police? That's a good point. Um and uh, you can also manipulate media guys to pretend the games didn't actually happen. You're right. Like at the uh, at the direction of the NCAA. Uh, are we good? I mean, are we excited about the uh, whole elimination of divisions thing? Do we care? <laughs> it's like they're like, I thought you were talking just about us. Are we good? Like, like no, no, you and it. Yeah, sure. yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're we're good. good, Richard. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the divisions have been sort of like a problem for me ever since Missouri was put in the East. I just, I just could never – I understand they didn't want to break up some rivalries and things like that, but you could have had uh, uh, some sort of drastic change and just told everybody to get over it and it would have been okay. So, for me, yeah, the, the ability to get the best two teams in is, is probably the way to go. You can't add teams and not do away with divisions because then you're not a conference anymore. So if they were just to add Texas and Oklahoma and then you would have had to have moved, what, Auburn and Vanderbilt or something, some combination of that over to the east to, to make it work, you would have played a road game at South Carolina once every 16 years. Yeah, That's not a conference anymore. Yeah. Like they, they didn't have any other choice. Sankey was asked about that earlier and what went into the, what went into the decision 
And he answered the question gracefully, but the answer is there's no other choice. Yeah. You, you had to do it this way. And with the college football playoff, as you mentioned, uh, you're already seeing it in the ACC and the Big Ten. The, the chance to eliminate one of your teams in the conference championship is something that they can't take. Yeah, and he talked about eight games versus nine games today, and he said one of the bigger elements that, uh, was uh, that non-conference game issue. Now part of the motivation, I think, going forward is I really think our eight-game schedule is pretty remarkable. Like when we were going through the final filtering, you'd say, wow, Schedule A is tough. Then you'd look at Schedule G, and you're like, that school has got a tough schedule all the way through. There are 16 really challenging schedules. But then he went on to say this. But there are some important, we'll call them rivalry games, and we're going to have to have a decision about do we play those every year or do we play some of them every other year. The eight-game format, we can protect one on an annual basis and the other seven rotate. In the nine-game format, we know that we can protect up to three, rotate the other six, and achieve both that fairness and that balance issue. And what is not there in that quote, what they wanted to achieve is exactly what you were talking about a second ago, Borky. With both of these models, they are putting in a schedule rotation that will allow every team in the SEC to play every other team in the SEC home and away every four years. Yes, and and we've talked about it. I, I, so in a four-year cycle, you will play at home, you will host everybody, and you will go to everybody one time. I don't know what the Ole Miss one is, that, that Ole Miss hasn't been to this place in however long. I know for State, it's Florida. State has not been to Florida since 2010. For Ole Miss, it's Georgia. It changes this year. This year. And then congratulations, you get them again next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. In that beautiful one-off schedule. Love that. Making up for lost time. Making, yeah, you know, Jay, you want Ole Miss playing as many Bulldogs as you can get. So Georgia last came to Oxford the first year of Kirby Smart. Yeah. So that was 2016? Yeah. 2016? State is – Tennessee hasn't been to Starkville since 2012. Mm. That's unacceptable. I, and I'm so and glad it's, it's going yeah. away. That, that, well, and, and we're two years removed from it, but you remember how long it had been since Ole Miss had been to Knoxville. I mean, yeah. it had been forever since and, Ole Miss and, had been to Florida, Knoxville. And Florida – I mean, Florida's not on the 24 schedule for Mississippi State. So that will go. It will go another year, but the, it, you know that it's going to get rectified, and then it'll be more, more every you know more, uh, more recent. I don't know if the word I'm looking for is, but you're going to see it more often. You're going to see those trips to Florida, to Knoxville, to, to Gainesville, to Athens that you haven't been seeing. Good. And, and to further hammer home that point, since 2008, Ole Miss has played Texas Tech more in football than Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so join the Big 12. All right, so the SEC championship game last year was Georgia and LSU. Mm-hmm. Is that what it would have been in a divisionless? Uh, Georgia yes. and Tennessee? Would have been Georgia, yeah, Tennessee would have had the tiebreaker on LSU. With two losses. and Yeah, because they had beaten LSU. And so they you, beat Alabama. Uh, and LSU had two losses, so Tennessee, and Alabama had two losses. Tennessee's two losses were to Georgia on the road and to South Carolina right. on the road. Of course, the flip side is you wonder if perhaps Tennessee would have played differently if they had known there was a trip to the SEC championship game hanging in the balance. In well, yeah, but I mean, Hendon Hooker got hurt in that game, too. So, I mean, yeah, they can't. played poorly in that game, they did. bottom line. But, yeah, you're correct. So, that so, would have changed so it. So, as recently as last year, it would have, would have changed. changed. yes. And then the year before, it was Alabama-Georgia. Yeah. But that, it would have the, been Alabama for Georgia. They're both, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And like I said, you go back to 2014, State would have been the second-place team in the West, or second-place team in the conference. 
they would have played uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game, and which would have been hilarious after losing that Egg Bowl. They still would have been in. And then the next year, Ole Miss would have played Alabama in the championship game. And people don't like rematches. I don't understand why. I love a rematch. Just Could you imagine having Tennessee-Alabama again last year? Yeah. Just, just for an example. Why would you not want that game to be played again? Don't know the answer. I mean, we already did it in the BCS era with LSU-Alabama, and, and game two was not... 2013 would have done the same, too, by the way. You would have had an, a rematch of the Iron Bowl, I think. Because Missouri was good that year, but I think... Didn't they get in at 6-2? and two? I don't know if it was 6-2 and two or, or if they... I have to go back and look. Yeah. I will do that, though. I mean, we have rematches in every other sport. NFL teams play their... In the NFL, as you guys know and everybody knows, you play your division opponent twice every year. Yeah. Right, and, home and, and, that, and that has never bothered anybody. And then you play possibly them in the playoffs again. And that doesn't bother anybody. Yeah. Missouri was 11-1. and one. So there, there would have been a tiebreaker between Missouri and Alabama. Who did Missouri lose? They lost to South Carolina, and Alabama had lost to Auburn. I don't know. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been, but you could have possibly had an Iron Bowl rematch. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be something? Can you imagine for the SEC championship? A week later. Yeah. Or ten days later. Yeah. No, it would have been a week. It would have been a week. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will, uh, we will wrap up today's edition of the show from SEC Media Days in Nashville, and we'll look ahead to what is coming up tomorrow. A uh, little hint, Bulldogs will be in town. Mississippi State's day tomorrow here in Nashville. SEC Media Days, our coverage presented by Genteel Apparel. Look your best in the Grove, in the Junction, this fall with the collegiate collection from Genteel Apparel. You can visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Last segment with you on this Monday afternoon from SEC Media Days. Our coverage brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Tomorrow, Clark Lee and the Vanderbilt Commodores in their hometown. They'll get to sleep in their bed tonight. They won't have to gas up the private jet. Should be an easy trip for them. They'll probably sleep well tonight also, Mr. Clark Lee. We don't know the terms because Vanderbilt, uh, but got a contract extension today. Or at least it went official today that he got a contract extension. I assume a subsequent raise as well. One would think Kirby and the Dogs will be here tomorrow. If I remember correctly, they got a trophy at the end of the last two seasons. Uh, I would imagine that he comes in tanned and happy. Should Although, be in a good mood. All, well, yeah, yes, but should be. There, there, there's some arrows that are flying at that program there this off season. There are. Uh, they've, they've gone from. We'll uh, hear about some outside noise tomorrow. Uh, they've got gone from lovable dogs to um, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Uh, Talk to the Florida know, fans. They never loved them. The, the criticism is fair. It's absolutely fair uh, considering what happened, but. It, we, we do have to remember that you're asking one guy to be responsible for 100 college kids. Yeah. I get it. There, there is some personal responsibility that bears on the people who are legal adults who are now professional athletes as well. I, I think that, that that gets lost in all this. Oh, 
it's Kirby's fault. It's Kirby. What's Kirby doing with his whole program? All that stuff. And he is the leader, and so when things happen, it, it falls on his shoulders. But these are adults that are making bad decisions, and these adults are now also basically professionals. That's right. Why is it not... Why the heck did you get caught speeding after what happened? You know what I mean? And yeah. and not, well, Kirby, why are your players doing this? It's You're an adult. Make better decisions. I don't know. Hugh Freeze and Auburn will be here tomorrow. Hugh Freeze coming back to SEC Media Days for the first time since 2017. He will be coaching on an SEC football field for the first time since 2016. Huh? Yeah, it was an awkward summer. That said, summer of 17 was... It was awkward. There was some stuff. Things happened. Things happened. And Zach Garnett will make his SEC Media Days debut tomorrow uh, when Mississippi State rolls in. Uh, Bulldogs bringing uh, Jaden Crumity, Woody Marks, and Will Rogers as the three players tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to visiting with those guys and talking with Zach Garnett as uh, the Bulldogs are here. D- did you agree with what Matt and I were talking about earlier in terms of where Mississippi State's going to be predicted to finish? We- we've kind of I think all concurred that they were going to be picked to finish last. He said he thought sixth. He thought Auburn was going to be picked last. They'll be picked to finish last, and they won't be too far picked from being picked to be last in the SEC, I think. They'll be in front of Vanderbilt. They'll be in front of them, but I bet if we could if we could see the ballots, it won't be as a huge gap. Mm. Maybe we need to spend some time on that tomorrow, like a lot of time. This is My friend Paul Jones from 24-7 Sports made this point. Now, I hadn't really thought about it, but I thought this was a good point. Somebody could pick, you know, Borky, you could pick State to win the West this year on your ballot, right? And people would make fun of you. They'd be like, hey, he's an idiot. He didn't know what he's talking about. Right. You would be closer to being correct at the end of this season, I think, than somebody who picks them last. So you, you think they will more likely finish third or better than now, fourth or worse? I don't know if they'll finish th- better than third. Third is the absolute ceiling for them. But – Right, I did that math right, right? Yeah. You are convinced that State's finishing third in the West. No, I'm not. I have them fourth. Okay. Hmm. Which puts them dead, dead center of the West. Dead center. Hmm. So you're going LSU, Bama, A&M, A&M. State, mm-hmm. Ole, Miss, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Arkansas, Auburn. Auburn. That's where I, that is my, my predicted order of finish in the West. And the difference in State at four and Ole Miss at five is the outcome of the Egg Bowl? Yeah, more or less, yeah. Same as it was last year. Yeah, we did a true or false uh, one day you were out. and Of course. I never miss a day. What are you talking about? Haydad thinks that they will have identical records on Egg Bowl Day. Yeah, I think they'll both be seven and four coming in. Hmm. See that. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't be the first time. No. It's happened that way. No. That adds up schedule-wise. is realistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have Ole Miss losing Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and I, I had Arkansas as the other loss for Ole Miss. So you think they beat both Auburn on the road and A&M at home? Yes. He's not a believer in Auburn, and, and I see why, and I, I'm, I'm not either. I'm a believer that, you know, Auburn will be better soon, just not this year. But next year, sure, sure. Right. Uh, we got a minute to do this before we uh, get out of here. You get to ask Clark Lee one question, mm-hmm. one question only. What is that question? How much is your contract worth? <laughs> okay. Uh, Go with that. Kirby Smart, one question. How long is this sustainable? Auburn, Hugh Freeze, one question. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Buddy. Uh, Zach Arnett, one question. Can't you be nice to me? What the heck? I'm, I'm your friend. 
This was not as fruitful an exercise as I'd hoped it would be, but that is how we will bring <laughs> this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. You have to, to tune in tomorrow club. to find out my question for Zach Arnett. Lance, thanks for all your help today. Great to have you in the studio, my friend. Or right. Maybe he's gone. He right. tapped out. He already. It's, it's Miller time for him. Uh, or maybe Will's in the studio at this point. Will, thanks for your help. Houston McDavid makes it all happen. He could make a rocket ship launch out of this lobby. If we had to do so, I think he could make it happen. Yeah. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Our coverage of SEC Media Days brought to you by our friends at Genteel Apparel. Give them a try, genteelapparel.com. We're back with you tomorrow. Bulldogs in the house. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.